Welcome in to the newest edition of the Justin Time Sports Podcast. I am your host, Justin Jackson. And in this week's episode, we'll be discussing the NFL Week 9. We'll be talking about NFL Week 10. We'll have our NFL betting segment, Jack's Pack. And we'll have our Jack's Hot Take. Now, as always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the Justin Time Sports Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow and turn on your post notifications for the Justin Time Sports social media handle for all of your social media and highlight and news needs. That is the social media handle at JTimeSports. I repeat, at JTimeSports, all lowercase on all your favorite social medias. Now, as always, don't forget to sit back and get ready to learn something. today's show guys excited to be with you incredibly excited to be with you at this time um i didn't know if i was gonna even record a show this week but i know how much you guys enjoy the content you guys enjoy uh, my opinions um as i can tell from the ratings have been going up steadily over the past few shows uh, so you guys are really getting into it i appreciate the social media interaction as well we can get those number up on Instagram and uh, Twitter and TikTok, but our Facebook is doing absolutely great right now. So shout out to you guys that are on that, supporting that. Um, and shout out to you guys listening to the podcast. The numbers are ticking up for the pod as well. Um, like I said, personal news for me last week. I didn't know if I was going to record this week or last week. Uh, been in the process of moving. If you guys know, moving is a pain in the butt. Um, it's exciting when you move, uh, especially when you change cities. Um, back in the Baton Rouge area, you know, but it is a pain in the butt in order to move uh, cities whenever you have to do that. I'll point from Lafayette, uh, so I'm in the Baton Rouge area, for those of you who don't know Louisiana landscape, uh, for my Southeast Asian, European, Florida, whatever listeners you guys are, um, that's about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, actually where I am, probably about an hour and a half. Uh, difference in terms of drive about uh, 80 some odd 90 miles uh, difference to where I am so moving is a pain especially I did it in the middle of a week um, so me and a close friend of mine uh, along with my dad and wife uh, got it taken care of um, the over the past couple of days really uh, but we're going to keep doing that process like I didn't know I was going to cool but I was able to get in some time to knock out this show like, I don't even have all of my podcast equipment with me. I basically have a laptop. I don't even have a mic or anything. Like I said, still transitioning uh, between places. Love the new place. Um, but anyway, let's get into the show Why you guys are here. Um, and I appreciate all you guys for taking some time on your Thursday afternoon. Maybe you catch a Friday morning on the way to work and your transit. Um, but why you guys are here, let's jump right into NFL Week 9. Um... Interesting battle. The NFL is, of course, in the middle of the international series. Um, so the Chiefs were against the Dolphins over in uh, Germany, I believe. Um, and so they played. It was a dominating first half for the Chiefs, and then a dominating second half for the Dolphins. Like it was the definition of the tale of two halves. If you're a Chiefs fan, the first half could basically probably not have gone better than you could have done. 
Uh, Tyreek Hill was under control for the most part. Tua Tagovailoa was rattled. Uh, your offense, Patrick Mahomes, had two touchdowns. Your defense forced Tyreek Hill from a running back right before the half to score a touchdown, make it 21-0. You're going into the half feeling like a very Chiefs kind of game. A whole lot of chiefdom running around in Germany. Um, and so that's how you were kind of feeling if you were a Chiefs fan. And then that second half, the Dolphins obviously made some adjustments, came out a little bit different. Um, but it showed the limitations of the offense in Miami. Uh, and not necessarily the limitations of the uh, offense as, as limitations for the offense itself. Uh, but it does show the limits of Tua. And it shows the limitations of the offense via personnel. So there's a throw that keeps being shown a lot of the highlight shows. The guy was open. Chiefs, I mean, Chiefs was like, I think it was fourth down, maybe. Dolphins are down 21-14. Tua, I don't even know. I can't even give him the bailout of a miscommunicated route. Like, sometimes you can see, you know, a quarterback throws a comeback route when a receiver runs a go ball. Or a quarterback, you know, throws a go ball, receiver runs out. The receiver ran a go or a vertical route. Two or three lob pass, all of about 10 yards short, maybe 15 yards short, not even 15, 20 yards short. Even if the route was a comeback or a breaking route, even a stop route, there's no reason for a lob pass. So it looks like he was trying to fire that ball down the field, and it absolutely died. Um, That was embarrassing. And it showed the limitations of that offense. You force it to be pass-first offense, and you tell Tua, instead of throwing 18 passes a half, maybe 15 passes a half, best-case scenario, 13 passes a half, you throw 20. 22 times, his arm wears out, he throws pop flies, like he's, on the, like he's in batting practice for the Boston Red Sox. Like, I don't, that pass was horrible. Like, it wasn't even close. Now, Tyree Hill was able to get some yards out of the game. Um, but that pass, to me, quantified the issues in Miami. You have a tool problem. Your quarterback is clearly not the guy, which I never thought Tua was the guy. I felt that way about him. I felt that way about his Alabama compadres with Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones. Uh, I'm one and a half out of three. Mac is horrible. Um, and Jalen Hurts is good. So is my half. He's half bad. Um, and so when you have issues the way he's having to, he's an accurate passer. I give him that. Inside of 20 yards, rocket man. Ball comes out with fire. Um, accurate all over the place. That was an absolute duck. And it was a couple of throws in that second half. When you know you got to throw it, that were questionable mark throws. Um, and so that's something to keep your eye on if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Is can, uh, uh, yeah, can to attack my lower, you know, fix that. Because that's an awful situation. Up next, um, I believe the Baltimore Ravens have the best team in football. If they don't, it's damn close. It's really close um, between Baltimore and I mean KC. Always gotta have some respect there. Um, Bengals, of course, um, but Niners, Jags have a case. But 
the Ravens are doing right now what was not thought to be done this century, um, especially at the very beginning of it. They're first place in defense. And when they're first place in points and yards, the last time was the 0-1 Ravens, they won the Super Bowl. Um, and they have a much better offense than the 0-1 Ravens had. Lamar Jackson didn't even recount for a touchdown last game, and he scored 37. Tyler Huntley, yes, Snoop Huntley, had more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson last game, and they won 37-3. to They have uh, played the number two very highly ranked offenses in Seattle and Detroit, and they combined for six for nine points. Uh, Detroit had six, Seattle went for nine. Couple on with the fact that Lamar Jackson is absolutely balling. He's dealing all over the place. They're rushing for 200 plus. I mean, this is a team that it's pick your poison because they're both killing you. It's not even like pick your poison, uh, you're gonna beat us on the run, you're gonna beat us in the pass. Or you're gonna blitz me to death, or you're gonna drop eight and kill me in the zone. It's you don't wanna get suffocated, or you wanna get bombed away on. And they're happening at the same time. 250 plus rushing yards in the NFL is an insane number. And that's a ridiculous number. That's a number that if I didn't if I didn't see it myself, I wouldn't believe it. That's a wild number. And they are just absolutely disrespecting people. Um, I had my doubts about Todd Munkin as a hire for the Baltimore Ravens because I was like, hey, my colleague system, he had the best athletes, he had a 25-year-old quarterback, he had the best tight end, the talent gap from a Georgia to a Missouri or Georgia to a Vanderbilt is bigger than it is three times the talent gap even the best teams or the worst team in the NFL is so how would he be able to make up for it and he's absolutely doing an amazing job uh, they are absolutely balling right now um, and like I said you're doing it basically without Lamar Jackson having to do anything uh, he's just kind of there managing the ship he's playing great football but he's not asked to combine for 350 total yards Four total touchdowns to win a game in a shootout. He just managing the team, hitting accurate throws when he's got to hit them, hitting beautiful passes when he's got to hit them, checking in the right protections, checking into the right runs, and they are absolutely mauling people on their way to high level success. I mean, I think the Ravens are the best team in the league, but if you want to have a case or a debate for somebody else, by all means, uh, come on, try to prove it. But I've got the Ravens right now as the best team in the league because I see what they're doing on defense. I see what they're doing on the defensive end. Um, but also that offense is just teeming with potential, especially with Lamar. Not even begun to tap into what he could be, and he's already, uh, and they're already scoring 37 points with Snoop Huntley getting the last touchdown pass. Oh, a game that was shockingly good was Texans and Bucks. I figured the score would be close. I just figured it'd be a bad football game. Like, it's one of them games where it's like, all right, you see flashes of a CJ Stock makes a great pass. Baker throws a good pass. You kind of see these flashes. Levante David and Devin White make a great backfield tackle, hawks somebody down. Tank Dell makes a crazy catch. But then it would end 14 17, leave a lot to be desired for a football game. Boy, was I wrong. Oh, I could not have been more wrong. That was high level competition. 
especially in the fourth quarter, especially late in that fourth quarter. Baker goes down, leads a touchdown drive, you know, goes up, you know, with some, what, 50-some-odd seconds left. CJ Strauss had this mind-boggling game, but all for not in a loss. Like, the stories and the podcast topics and articles basically write themselves. You know, Baker leads the first drive, CJ Stroud. You know, never gets you know, never gets a real opportunity at it. Has this great game, wasted by the defense, etc. Like the story begins to wipe it, to write itself. And then CJ Stroud healed a Geno Smith, but I ain't right back. And basically, it was like hold writing your releases. I've got a story to finish, and drives all the way down the field, including hitting a, a game winning touchdown. He finishes with 470 yards, a NFL rookie record. And five touchdown passes, no interception. CJ Straw absolutely arrived against a really stout Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. He showed up and showed out. Uh, I mean, I had him as the best quarterback in the draft. I would have never in a million years predicted a 470 and five um, stat line from anybody. Nonetheless, a rookie. Uh, he. What he did out there in the last drive, slicing and dicing, it just, it proved what you were looking at was validated. Uh, it proved that it was okay to think as highly of him as you were thinking because he's all over the field slicing and dicing. Anybody that comes anywhere near um, trying to deflect, trying to defend his pass, he's going right by him. Um, so CJ Stroud, man, what an amazing game. Uh, all kudos to him. And I can't even sit on my high horse and be like, I seen this coming. Couldn't have possibly seen this. Not this. Not 470 and 5. Maybe 325 and 3. 325 and 4. But 470 and 5 touchdown passes. It's, it's the greatest rookie game ever. Um, all things considered, it was an absolute show. They needed every one of those yards. They needed every one of those touchdowns to survive the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what turned out to be an absolutely great game. A uh, shout out Antonio Pierce, um, a high, an interim hire. Admittedly, I was a little skeptical of because I remember what happened um, in Arizona State, where he, you know, left. He had a job in the league. I think working with the Giants actually. He had a job in the league. Uh, he left it to go uh, be a linebackers coach at Arizona State under Herm Edwards, who promised to run like an NFL team. But there's rules NFL teams can do. College people can't. Oh, and so they got to a lot of rule trouble. Tony Pierce gets out of there, ends up landing with the Raiders as their linebacker coach. Um, and throughout the past few weeks, had a lot of public swell to be the interim guy. Josh McDaniels fired. Ultimately, he does. Um, Will McDaniels kind of snaps at Pierce because Pierce makes jokes about the Patriots. McDaniels snaps and says, "Don't you ever talk about the Patriots like that?" Which was raised a lot of eyebrows. Like, why are you defending your former team this way? Um, but you know, and so McDaniels ultimately moved out into Antonio Pierce's move in. Um, and so I had my doubts, you know. I remember Jeff Saturday. Like, I remember it like it was yesterday. Like, I remember Jeff Saturday. And Antonio Pierce cannot have more. He showcased a great ability to lead. He showcased a great ability to win. He pushed the right buttons when he had to. And his football team destroyed the Giants, uh, despite the uh, concussion uh, from Daniel Jones, they were absolutely destroyed. Um, the Giants, it's just, it was brutal. Um, 
what the Raiders were able to do and Antonio Pierce clearly has the support of his players. Be very interesting to see if he ends up with the job. The Bengals keep taking down the Bills. The Bills have a kryptonite. It's Joe Burrow and the Bengals. They keep beating them. Now they play them in the playoffs, in the regular season, in the preseason, on Mars, on Jupiter, inside of God's eye. Like it doesn't matter because the Cincinnati Bengals have figured out something to consistently beat the Buffalo Bills. It's actually pretty insane that they keep like almost inventing ways to beat the Bills, um, which can be looked at again in multiple ways. It could be a great thing for the Bills. You know, if you're, if you know the uh, the Bengals have to put in something every time they play, you put the brand new. Um, that is a compliment. Um, if you are, if you're the Bills, you can also feel good that not only from their creativity, they're not just saying they can line up in Basin Beach. So that's a compliment to you. Uh, with the Bills, however, you gotta learn how to finish games. You have to, and it's one of the powers, one of my own superpowers. He will always give himself a chance to be in because he believes in his talent, he knows his talent, and he's going to actually utilize said talent. So it's huge um, that the Bills figure out how to close the games. You're in the same conference as Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes, just to name a few. Inability to close games will have you watching the playoffs sooner rather than later. So uh, if I was them, I would figure out how, if I was the Bills, I forgot to close games against good teams sooner rather than later. And on a complete and total side note, not like a personal note, but like a side note, Zach Wilson starting in New York is 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 is, is malfeasance. Is workplace malfeasance. It's a crime punishable by something painful. Like, it's so bad. They asked Robert Saul about it, and he played the fifth. Like, it is awful in New York. It's a shock they didn't sign Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz instead with the Los Angeles Rams serving as their backup, but it would just make perfectly logical sense to bring in Carson Wentz, um, let him learn for a week or two, and if you're still in, in, in Crapville, we're going to make a change. Like, I, I don't understand the logic. You got head coaches pleading the fifth, saying that he doesn't know why he's starting. I'm pretty sure at this point, Zach Wilson has no idea why I'm starting. I don't think he has an idea that I want to be here. I just think he wants to get through the year. I mean, it is an agency situation when the guy who's in a job, everybody knows about to get removed from the job, but you can't actually go for a certain job until he's removed. So, I legitimately think that Zach Wilson will not be a Jet next year. He's absolutely awful. I think this stretch of games is not helping his case. But all right, we're going to shift into NFL Week 10 and talk about some games that's going down there. jump into NFL Week 10. Uh, of course, it's starting off with Thursday Night Football tonight, Panthers and Bears. Um, not a game I spent a lot of time on. 
Both teams are awful. Um, Bears have a little promise, but no Justin Fields, of course. They're only thumb injuries still. And the Carolina Panthers are god-awful. So, not going to spend a lot of time on this game at all. The, other, <coughs> the Panthers only have one win. Excuse me, if they expect to get a second win, it's probably the best chance to get it. Because, uh, again, they're pretty awful. Um, but the um, Bears are coming in there. That uh, quarterback of theirs, that undrafted rookie, he's solid. Nothing special. Um, Bryce Young is laying underwhelming, which is what I predicted. Um, but, hey, you know, what do I know? Um, but, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time on this game at all. If I had to pick a winner, it's at home for the Bears. I'm going to go with the Bears. Um, Bears, five, I'd say six. I think they're probably, they have a better defense. I don't trust either team's quarterback. I don't trust either team head coach. Uh, ownerships are 50. Like, it's just it's much bad. I just, I got the better defense off, you know, in my brain is the Bears. And so it's, it's a home game for Chicago. I'm going to go with the Bears by about six. Now that we've gotten through that nonsense, uh, let's jump into the, uh, ne- the next German game. Happens to be my Patriots. Um, so Colts playing the Pats in Germany early Sunday morning is about 8.30. Children time by 9.30 Eastern. Um, so it is a... Wait, no, wait. There's some intrigue. Wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. Um, there's some intrigue. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's look at this. So, according to... Um, Adam Schefter, the Bears own the Panthers' first-round pick, courtesy of the number one overall pick trade, the trade to get Bryce Young. Chicago would <coughs> excuse me, help its chances of getting the 2024 number one overall pick with the win tonight versus Carolina. If the, if the Bears were to win, they would have the highest position to get the number one overall pick because they would get it from the Panthers. If they were to beat the Panthers, that means the Panthers lose and the Bears own the tiebreaker. So that means the Bears would end up with the lower pick, basically. If they lose, it becomes a 28% chance they end up with the number one overall pick. And then they be tied for the third highest. So, there is something to play for for the Bears. You can basically force the Panthers to be the number one overall pick. It means you get the number one overall pick and the right to draft Caleb Williams first. Now, say the Bears win six games. Do you still draft Caleb Williams? And, I, and I've said that before to a few people. I'm like, what? Let's say the Bears win five games. Justin Fields looks solid, not great, but he can see improvement. Do you still drive Caleb Williams? Or do you dangle Caleb Williams like a carrot, trade down to, let's say, five, get a boatload of assets, and now you draft the best left tackle, you get a great receiver. You got DJ Morris, you might not even receive You get a great left tackle, you get a corner, you get a safety, you get a linebacker, you, you went and traded an edge. Well, you gave her the second round pick for Montez Sweat. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's your edge person. You get a left tackle, you get a corner, you get a safety, you get another receiver, tight end in the fourth round. You may have a football team because what you would do is look at Kayla Williams. I want your first this year. I want your first next year. I want my two back that I lost. And I want a four. And I want a six in future years. I want five picks. So that means I have two firsts. Or we swap first. 
I'm gonna go down four spots. I get my second round pick back. I get an extra third and an extra fourth. I get a six on the future year, and I get a first next year. I mean, that's I mean that's the kind of that's the kind of cachet that Kayla Williams gets. Or, or do you simply say we can't pass up on the best quarterback prospect in a few years? You drive Kayla Williams. You tell Justin Fields it's been great. We're gonna work to find you a good spot. I think Justin Fields in San Francisco would be a great spot. Purdy's not that guy. Sorry to break everybody's news. Sorry to told you this sorry a few weeks ago. Purdy ain't that guy. We're getting him later. Justin Fields in San Fran. Interesting. Justin Fields in the Jets. Justin Fields for the Giants. Daniel Jones is hurt. His money's guaranteed, sure, but he's not very good. Justin Fields for the Giants. Justin Fields in Seattle. You know, bring a man for one year, train him on the Geno, hand the range to Justin Fields. Basically, Russell Wilson will be younger. Options exist for a Justin Fields trade. Now, you probably get a third or fourth round pick for him. Maybe a conditional second. But you get, you get way more picks for the right at Caleb Williams. I just think that you have to do a cost-benefit analysis. What's the bigger gap? Is the gap bigger between Caleb Williams and five picks or Justin Fields and one pick? Like, one pick versus five. Like, what's the difference? Is the gap between Caleb Williams' potential and Justin Fields' potential, he's still early, worth four picks, including an additional first rounder? If the answer is no, you stay with Justin Fields and you trade right after Caleb Williams. It's simple. So a lot of so intrigue has arrived in this game for tonight. Um, is the right if the Caleb Williams sweepstakes? But anyway, uh, back to the Colts and the Patriots. Um, looking at this game, I expect the Patriots victory. Uh, oops, just tease tag back. Sorry, it's in my Jacks pack, so kind of spoil that. Uh, we'll get into that a little later. But this game got a lot of intrigue, a lot of different levels. Of course, no Anthony Richardson, he's out for the year with the injury. Uh, Gardner Minshew is trying to get a second chance at starting. Maybe he lands in one of those spots I mentioned. Um, getting a second chance at starting. Tampa, maybe, because Baker Mayfield is not really selling anybody. Um, but he's getting a second chance at starting. And the Patriots are in a situation where it's turmoil every week. Now J.C. Jackson is not traveling after some mental health situation. He's not traveling. There's potential he gets shut down the rest of the year. Um, there's rumors every week now. There's rumors. The strong rumor this week was the Patriots don't beat the Colts. Belichick may get fired midseason. Um, it's growing, but it feels like daily. Belichick may not make it through the year. I mean, it's just a crap show in New England right now. Um, and I think that the Patriots are hunkering down, and I think they're going to keep Belichick. I legitimately do. Uh, the Colts are still there. Two guys in his curfew. Jack Jones and Jason Jackson, the other one. Demario Douglas, oh, Demario and Jack Jones, neither one played. They're both benched. Um, the culture is still there. The standards are still there. The talent's not. Now, Belichick's GM. Obviously, I'm with you. Belichick is the GM. It's his fault the talent's there. He mismanaged some contracts. 
He mismanaged the free agent acquisitions. I'm not going to go into his draft record. He's better than you people say he is. I'm not going to go through every single draft pick and every single coach and go to their success rate. Belichick's wasn't well with everybody in the league. He's actually a little better than most of the league. So I'm not going to go through, has he hit on the superstar position? No, he's not hit on quarterback. Maybe Jimmy G would have been great in New England. Um, he missed on Mac Jones, should have Justin Fields. But I'm not going to sit here and meander. There's free agents you might have been wanting to get DeAndre Hopkins. Before last week, DeAndre Hopkins was a, a shell of himself. Like, it, it's just, it's different situations he may have missed a little bit on. Um, the Nelson Aguilar, I mean, the, the, the Kill Harry Pickett's disasters. I can't, I'm not even going to try to potentially excuse the Kill Harry pick. Disaster. Especially AJ Brown figuring he's a patron. Disaster of a pick. Um, Cole Strange could have been a second round pick. So, those two stand out to me, but for the most part, he's on par with everybody else in the league. Um, but the coach is still there, so I think they hunker down. The Patriots on their own draft pick. For the first time since Drew Bledsoe, they're going to pick in the top five. Uh, top seven at the worst. They own their draft pick. I mean, they're going to pick at seven and 36. They're seven and 39. You know, five and 37. Whatever. They can own their draft picks. They're going to cap reset, basically. They're gonna they they potentially if Belichick does it right, 130 to 150 million dollars cap space. So I can bring in seven to eight rookies, and I can sign big money free agents. T. Higgins has five years, 125 with 80 written all over him in a New England uniform. It's just sitting there. Like it's the most obvious thank you ever. T. Higgins is there. Justin Jefferson's not re-signed in Minnesota. I mean, he's going anywhere, but he's not re-signed in Minnesota. I think you could go to him and they say, they go non-exclusive tag, two first-round picks. I think you think about it. Two first-round picks for Justin Jefferson? Putting Justin Jefferson T. Higgins tomorrow. Dude, Jefferson, the biggest time check in the history. T. Higgins, five years, 125. You got the best one-two punch in the league overnight. It's worth the first-round pick. It's worth the next year's first round pick. With that second pick, you draft the quarterback. I think Jane Daniels will still be there in the two. Or because you're so close, you're at 30. You're at 30. I think actually you, the Vikings may want to first. I think you tell them you can have the first this year. That's fine. Get key, let's get the first next year. We'll give you a three this year and a future, future six. Bam. There's the deal. So now you still have your second round pick. You package your second round pick if you, if you just love a quarterback. And a future first, you package him, and you go get Jaden Daniels. You go get Michael Penny Jr. Now, you got Justin Jefferson on one side, um, T. on the other side. But let's say Justin Jefferson's not in the play. Let's say he's not in the play. Let's just rule it out. With your top seven pick, you draft a quarterback. People love Drake May. I'm more of a Jaden Daniels guy. Um, if Shadour Sanders is coming out, I'd go Shadour Sanders. Again, I'm more of a Jaden Daniels guy. Um, I just I watch him every week. That's to me the second best quarterback in the draft. I get it with Caleb Williams. I get it with Bo Nix. I get it with Drake May. I get it with Michael Penix. To me, Jaden Daniels is the second best quarterback in the draft. So you draft Jaden Daniels, you trade Mac Jones to whoever for whatever. Um, you sign T. Higgins. So now you're on depth try to start the step back. Your second round pick, you draft a left tackle. 
Or you go left tackle first, then you draft your quarterback in the second round. Again, trade Mac Jones two of for whatever. And you fill in, you add speed everywhere. Get fast receiver, get a couple fast corners, get a fast linebacker, edge rusher. You pay like crazy as crazy. You buy the best middle linebacker. You buy the best edge rusher. You buy the best tackle. You sign T. Higgins. And you got a football team. I think that's the plan to do a uh I think that's the plan to reset New England. Because again, you could you can create reasonably up to about $150 million in cash space. That could get you whoever you want in the league. Think about it. If you give T. Higgins five years, 125 fully guaranteed, you still got $125 million left. I mean, like, that's what you're looking at, what you can potentially go do in for agency if you take that chance. So I think this is a big week for New England. I think if they win, it keeps the dogs off as far as Belichick and Friday for another week. However, it hurts the draft position. So, this is made in New England. Uh, we'll talk about that game a little later in Jack's pack. Uh, Browns and Texans. Whoa. Hold on. One second. I have something wrong with my rundown. My apologies. It was Browns and Ravens because the Bengals have the Texans, which is in my Jack's pack. I must just copied it really fast. Uh, the Browns and the Ravens. Now, these games in the AFC North are huge. Every team in the division is above 500. And if the playoffs ended today, all four of them would be in. So it'd be the three division winners and the AFC North. Um, Ravens, of course, would get the division win. And then the other three teams are filling the wild card. Most competitive division in football. I think they have a legitimate chance. They didn't have to beat each other up so much late. They'd have a legitimate chance all four of them getting in. Uh, and it's crazy when you think about Pittsburgh's dealing with the offensive player they hate. Cleveland Browns hadn't had Deshaun Watson a good majority of the year. Bengals started off one and three, and Joe Burrow's limping around with a calf. And the Ravens didn't start off slow, but offensively didn't look all that pretty early. And all four of them would still be in the playoffs right now. That's saying something about the AFC North. Uh, but the Browns and the Ravens are going to be a real competitive football game. going to be a physical football game. Uh, interested to see the Ravens against the Browns. Offensively, or defensively rather, the Ravens are going to dominate. Again, there's no Deshaun Watson. Um, they're just going to dominate the uh, they're gonna offense. Um, they're going to dominate the Browns' offense. Miles Garrett has a chance to completely wreck this football because if he starts bending the edge and if he stands up against the run and the Browns come in and stop that run this could be ugly it's divisional game okay the Ravens are being here in the past weeks you guys are the best team in the league you guys are amazing your defense the old one Ravens reincarnated you got this you got that they're hitting all this flattery and perfume all over them. But in the words, Nick Saban's like rat poison. 99% of rat poison is totally edible. That 1% strychnine will drop a horse. Like, that's kind of, so it's, you know, 99% of that flattery, you can probably digest it with no problem. The problem is every time you get a little piece of that flattery, a little bit of that strychnine's in it. And so they've been hearing it. People say they want to. Oh, I turn my TV off. I don't hear that. Whatever, whatever. You hear it. It's in the building. The janitor's talking about it. The trainer's bringing it up. You're not, you're not, you're not listening. Your family is texting you to you. There's 53 people plus the practice squad of the 15. 70 people in there. 70, men, 70 players in there. 12, 13 coaches. 
say 85 people. 75 of them are hearing it consistently. It's natural. You you can't turn on sports TV without talking about the Ravens. So because of which, it's a trap game. I think the Ravens win it, but it's a dog fight. So I think the Ravens win it 24 uh, 20. It's an absolute dog fight. It's a division game. Browns hit him with a trick play. Uh, you get one of those weird pop-up pick sixes. Like, it's a division game. Miles Garrett strip on somebody. The ball comes out, takes back touchdown. Like, it's a weird game. It's a division game. I got a 24-20 Ravens, but it's a dog fight. Uh, and so it's going to be one of the more interesting games of the weekend. 49ers at the Jags. 49ers coming off the bye. I believe the Jags are. Well, I don't call the Jags playing last week. If they did, it was an incredibly quiet game last week. Um, but I believe the Jags also are coming off the bye. Um, let me double check it real quick. Maybe they had their bye earlier. Yeah, so the Jags didn't play last week. And the Niners. So these are two teams coming off a bye. Kind of a rarity. Um, we're not going to pick it because it's in Jack's pack. Two teams come off a bye. Two teams riding high. Two teams with quarterback problems. Um, you got to knock it off Brock Purdy. You know how to love Brock Purdy. I, I talk down on Brock Purdy every week because, gosh darn it, someone has to. No one else seems to want to do it. It's like it's an embargo on Brock Purdy. I don't get it. It's like the media went out and said, no one's talking about Brock Purdy. No one's talking about Brock Purdy bad. I'm going to do it. God damn it. Me. This guy. Justin Jackson. Host of Justin Time Sports. Owner of Justin Time Sports. I'm going to talk about Brock Purdy if no one else does. Because I've seen it from the jump. And he's losing his all pros and he's falling apart. He's not living in reality. Trent Williams and Debo Samuel went away and he played like Mr. Irrelevant. Mind you, there's still Brandon Ayuk. There's still Christian McCaffrey. There's still George Kittle. They still have the one of the best defenses in the league. He looks awful. Duh. He went from five inches for all pros on offense to three, and he looks terrible. By the way, three is more than anybody else in the league, pretty much. Think about the Chiefs. Mahomes, Kelsey, and who? Saints. Nobody. Patriots? Nobody. Dolphins. Tua, Reek, and who? Nobody. Like, we, so the fact that there's, there was a pinch of five all pros on the Niners offense, Kittle, Debo, IU, Trent, Christian. And the way Purdy was playing earlier, potentially Purdy. And you have three of those people now, and you look awful. I'm just saying, you might want to reevaluate your Brock Purdy stock, people. Like, it's feeling game stopping. Feeling where it was really, really high, and if you sold it out on the bubble, you were really rich. You look great. If you rode it to the bottom, you're worse than when you bought it low. Like it's it's, it's coming down. You might you might want to sell it. I'm just been. I, I never bought Brock Purdy stock. I never bought GameStop stock. You might want to sell it. It's coming down. It's a like cryptocurrency. It's cool for a while. It's starting to come down. When's the last time you guys heard about Bitcoin or moving the margin in those foreign market accounts? It's been a while for me. Like, if I were you, I 
Selling your Purdy stock is coming down. I told you it was never supposed to be up. You inflated it. Now he's looking pretty average. I warned you. Try it. You listen to me. It's okay. Those all pros aren't back this week. Now he's going to Jacksonville. Who's having a quarterback problem on their own? Trevor Lawrence has been average. A lot of his numbers this year are 13th, 15th, 16th, 14th. Slightly above average, considering there's about 35 starters that count. So he's been slightly above average. They're 6-2. Over the last 17 games, they're 14-3. 13-4. Lawrence was playing like a top 10 guy. He's not like a top 7 guy in the second half of last year. He's probably not like a top 12, 13 guy this year. Um, so... It, it, both teams are kind of flying in quarterback. Both teams are off a bye. Uh, Jacksonville has home for the advance. Again, we'll pick the score. We'll pick the game in Jack's pack. Saints at Vikings is an intriguing game. Um, Saints and Vikings are two teams that both have a chance at the playoffs. Both have a well, Vikings have a chance. Lions have their division locked up. But Saints have a chance at their division. Vikings have a chance at their chance at the locker. Both of them are kind of in quandaries. Josh Dobbs freaking learns the cadence on the sideline. Was there five game, five days and hangs like a 30 ball, damn near a 40 ball on the Falcons. And he again, learned the cadence on the sideline. And that's what happens when you're a literal rocket scientist. You can do that sort of thing. And the Saints finally found an offense um, last week. So it's just all kind of stuff been popping out. Dobbs is a good player. I believe Dobbs got moved from Arizona because they knew Kyle was coming back. And they sold high. Minnesota had a need and they sold to Minnesota. Um, but Dobbs can play in this league. I think he's on his fifth team, but he can play in this league. Uh, shout out Kyle Murray coming back. Can't wait to watch him in action. But um, Dobbs, I think they just sold high knowing Minnesota had a need because Dobbs can play. It's not like Dobbs is a bum or anything like that. Dobbs can play. Like legitimately play, um, as we saw, and so it's going to be a very interesting football game. It is not in Jack's pack. I think the Saints' defense, even on the road, is a little bit too much. Um, there's game, there's Minnesota game tape of him now. Justin Jefferson's not back. Jordan Addison is a damn man. Um, absolute stud that Jordan Addison is. Um, and so uh, I just think that they put Marshall Adamore on Addison, kind of roll coverage away, slow Dobbs down. Saints eke out an ugly victory, um, 20 to 17. Uh, Saints get out of there with the win, probably on a groupie uh, field goal late. And then lastly, uh, Lions at Chargers, very intriguing game. Uh, the Lions got thrashed to sleep uh, by the Ravens. Um, and that was just a couple weeks ago. And then you look at how they spent their last week. Um, they spent their last week trying to figure their life out. They were off as well last week. Uh, so they get punched on in week eight. I mean, we had absolutely thrashed in week eight um, by a team that you went in there expecting to compete. Oh, that was week seven. I'm sorry. Uh, they went in there week seven getting thrashed. Then you bounce back against the Raiders. You go into your bye week um, last week. And then now you come into week 10. You're competing against a good Chargers team who's starting to gain a little momentum. They're starting to pick it up. The defensive talent that's there is starting to lock in a little bit more now. Uh, they have a field day on the Jets. 
so much of Fair Day, in fact, it cost him my fantasy week. Um, and so they are starting to figure out a little bit with the Chargers. Uh, kudos to them. How they try to start to figure it out. It's going to be a great contest. Uh, Lions bouncing back, kind of Dan. I like Dan Campbell after a bye. Not a huge fan of Brandon Staley, though. I love Kellen, Ma- Kellen Moore's offenses after a bye. They tend to be a lot more creative. I just wanted that defense that was rolling. Um, now gets that little time off in Detroit. I mean, again, they had that hiccup against the Ravens. But I wonder if that defense that was rolling in Detroit now took the week off, maybe lose some of his teeth. Because uh, that Lions defense was tough and rugged. Uh, Chargers probably couldn't be hotter on defense right now, unless you're the Ravens, uh, in terms of how they're forcing the ball, turning the ball over, and getting points of their own. Very interesting contest. It's at Chargers, which doesn't win a whole lot. Uh, I think the better coach in the situation is Dan Campbell. I don't like Brandon Staley. Kind of want him to get fired to help Justin Herbert promote Kevin Moore and get a hell of a DC in there. Um, but I would, I'm going to go with Lions here in a shootout. It's going to be a big-time game. Uh, 34-31, uh, Lions get the win. But up next, we're going to shift into Jack's pack. Talk about NFL betting section. Segment Jack's Pack. We did not achieve our goal last week of going five and zero. Although we did have a pretty solid week, I will update you guys on our total standings probably next week. Uh, again, the moves kind of been hectic, so some like that. Like I told you guys, I didn't have all my equipment moving to my new place, um, but it's been a little bit hectic. So the goal is to try and get you guys updated on our total standings next week. Uh, so I let you know how we're doing. Although we, our record is coming up. Um, so we're doing a lot better on Jack's pack. We had that rough one four week. We have been improving ever since. Not quite back at 500, but we are going to get there. I have full confidence in it this week. The numbers are starting to balance out, so I like the numbers a lot more. Um, and so we're going to jump right into it uh, with our first game of the week. Uh, Coach Pat, the Germany game. I kind of gave you my answer already earlier, uh, but Colts versus Pats. Pats plus two, take the Pats. Uh, I think the Patriots won the game out, right? I think Belichick just messing with Ben Chula too much. Um, you got frustration starting to leak out in Indianapolis. You've got frustration leaking out in New England. Uh, like Kayshawn Boutte's you know, Instagram and Free Me. Kyle Duggar is playing music that says Free Me. Um, you got stuff starting to leak out in New England. But the Colts have been, they get their stars going on record uh, saying that they're frustrated. So it's going to be a, two frustrated football teams, both of which trying to improve the situation. I think that the Patriots ultimately, though, they come together and they win this football game. They're behind a pretty good Mac Jones game. Uh, the Colts defense, very opportunistic. Uh, Kenny Moore, the second, coming off two pick sixes of Bryce Young. So they're looking to keep continuing to make plays and continue to make noise. Actually, the Patriots run the ball at them a little bit too strong. Throw the ball deep a couple times. Uh, be very interested to see how Belichick does his inactives and inactives. I don't think going on Instagram stories the best way to get Belichick to play you, Kayshawn Booty. Um, but we're going to see Kayshawn Booty, I'm sorry. 
and we're gonna see how it goes. Yeah, I don't think it's the best way to go, but maybe he knows something I don't. Um, but I think the Patriots win the game alright. Uh, 24-20. Up next, I have the Texans plus six and a half at the Bengals. Take the Texans. Now, the Bengals are gonna win the game alright. Let's get it out the way. The Bengals are going to win the game, but T. Higgins is out. And Jamar Chase is incredibly questionable. Like the literal definition of a coin flip. Um, and so that means Tyler Boyd's gonna have to step up. Now, Tyler Boyd's a very capable receiver, but that means Tyler Boyd's gonna have to step up. Um, and he's probably gonna have to be the number one target because again, Jamar Chase is probably if he plays, probably gonna pitch count. And he is out. Um, and so I just think that's gonna lend itself to a more low-scoring game. We just seen what she did Stroud did against Tampa Bay. I don't think he does it back-to-back weeks as a rookie, um, but he's going to score some points. So would Joe Bing, So would Joe Burrow. He's back. He's healthy. He's still, the, the to me, the second-best quarterback in football when he's right, only behind Patrick Mahomes. Um, and so he's back. He's healthy. He's right. His receivers are not. I think that keeps the game closer to what it's supposed to be, but I do think the Texans uh, cover the six-and-a-half. Uh, so final score in this one is going to be 27-21. Uh, the Texans cover the six-and-a-half. Niners, minus three at the Jaguars. Take the Niners. I know. I know. I know. I know you're probably thinking in your head when I started reading off the score, you was going with the Jaguars. And just finished slandering Brock Purdy. I would do it next week. I'm not doing it this week. Kyle Shannon had a bye. So for two weeks, now nah, so did Doug Peterson. But for two weeks, Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches in the league off the bye, Belichick reading Shanahan. One of its coaches, Tomlin's pretty good at it too. Great coaches after the bye usually win, and whatever side of the ball they're with, dominates. Belichick torches whatever offense he gets. Two weeks, he torches them. Andy Reid scores 40. Mike Tomlin, better be lucky if he scored 10 on my defense. Shanahan's gonna score big points in this game. It's in Florida, the weather's supposed to be fine. Um, I just think the Niners, knowing they had two weeks, been Jaguars prepped for two weeks. Even the Jaguars doing the same thing. I did, I trust Kyle Shanahan a little bit more in the situation than I do in Doug Peterson. So I've got the Niners winning ironically by four. It's got to be close to the spread by four. I've got them winning uh, 31-27. I just think a couple times in the red zone that Niners even going to tighten down. Lawrence is playing a little inefficient this year. Uh, I think CMC breaks a long one. Uh, and so I, you know, I just lean into well, the 49ers are going to make some plays on defense, and they're going to win 31-27. Giants at Cowboys. Cowboys minus 17. Take the Cowboys. I never pick games like this. Ever pick games like this. I saw 17 and was mad it wasn't 21. Seriously. Up until about 22 and a half, I would have won Cowboys. Because then it gets like 40 to 18 that's covered. And you're like, what the bleep? 17? 30 to 10. Which is probably going to be the score. Like, in my head, I just see 30 to 10 Cowboys. Like, seven, that's it? They're starting Tommy DeVito. No one else is on the team. Everyone's going to load up for Saquon Barkley. There's no Darren Waller. There's no Daniel Jones. Like I said, it's Tommy Frick. It's not even Tyrod Taylor. It's Tommy DeVito. And you're going to put him against that Cowboys defense and a Cowboys team who just lost to their division rival, their hated division rival in the Eagles. 
they're gonna go. You're gonna go to them in Jerry World with Tommy DeVito, and it's only 17. That's stealing. Cowboys minus 17 here, but 30 to 10. I'm probably being nice giving them 10. Probably being nice on doing 30. It might be 40 to 3. This might be because the Cowboys are pissed. Okay, just off to the Eagles. Kind of decided. The Eagles kind of physically whooped them in that game. Um, I've gotten the Cowboys here. I'm going to say 30 to 10 officially. If it's 40 to 3, wouldn't shock me one bit. And then Jets at Raiders. Raiders plus one. Take the Raiders here. I've got the Raiders winning the game all right. Um, I think that, that Antonio Pierce juice is real. I definitely think that Antonio Pierce juice is real. Uh, I think they win the game all right. And they continue to roll. I want to see Antonio Pierce get that job. I really do. I like him in the situation. Um, and I think they roll over the Jets. Zach Wilson is awful. He's just, that's just, that's just call it, it's called Ozzy, people. Zach Wilson is freaking deplorable. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so bad. His own coach is now in interviews when asked why he's starting him. Clean the fifth. Like, he, he, he can't be there. He can't, like, can't. Like, it's, it's upsetting as a person who likes good football and loves great quarterback play. I can't watch Zach Wilson play football. It's horrible. <sighs> Maybe that's my emotions coming out from the fantasy last week. No, it's not. Zach Wilson fucking sucks. Um, so I, I just think the Raiders are gonna win the game. They're they're, they're Zach Wilson, the quarterback for the Jets. I guess. Pretty much all you need to know. Zach Wilson plays for the other team, so you pick the other team. I got the Raiders winning the game. But up next. We have Jack's hot take, which is going to be about the NBA's officiating. Jack's hot take. What's it going to be about the NBA's officiating? These are the worst refs in NBA history. Or it's starting off officiated that way. Very obvious fouls. Nothing. Tic-tac stuff. Oh. This flopping rule is a disaster. I I, I, I get the idea. Awful. Because uh, to me, some very obvious flops are uncalled. And some stuff that, no, like he landed in my landing area, so I couldn't stand up and shoot, so I fell backwards. He's called a flop. Like, some of this stuff is a mess. You've got LeBron James, one of the be- one of the more impactful drivers in the league, barely shooting free throws. And Trey Young is leading the league in free throw attempts. Zion Williamson is going to the hole literally every play. He's shooting like five free throws a game. Trey Young shooting basically 10 or 11. I'm so tired of the guards leading the league in free throw attempts. They're guards. They're shooting most of their shots, not at the rim. How are they leading? So every time they go to the rim, they get fouled. Because they're shooting 17 field goals a game. Eight of them are threes. So out of the other nine attempts, they're at the rim. And they're getting fouled on half of them. Like, it's not, and they're shooting 10 free throws a game, nine field goal attempts, 
that aren't threes. So basically, if they're driving the lane 16 times, they're getting fouled on half the drives. And yet LeBron James, or Zion specifically, who goes to the goal every time, is shooting four or five for those games. That doesn't make sense. Um, I'm saying a lot, the, the goal 10 callback on Draymond was a disaster. He literally hits the rim as the ball is above the cylinder. That's as offensive interference offensive interference can be. They review it and call it back. Are you kidding me? Giannis gets ejected. Sorry, Giannis gets a technical for dunking on somebody, looking at them, turning away from them, and doing the too small. That's a tech? Like, I feel like I just got a tech for saying that was a tech. These refs are awful. I don't know what mandate they got from Adam Silver or whoever the head of officiating. They're terrible. Switch them out, switch them up, I don't know, do something. They're awful. Get them out of here. Um, give me the college basketball ref. It's even tricking down the college basketball. Hell, the, the incident of Blair, somebody just put out a report saying there were several missed calls in the LSU-Iowa women's national title game. So that can't happen in April. It's November. They're raising the banner inside the Pete Maverick Center for the Final Four and the national title the first national title in LSU's basketball history in like a few days and you're talking about officiating in April? Like, whatever. But the NBA's refs have been awful. I don't get it. I don't understand. You put rules in place like anti-flopping, no side to side, it's off his file, can't kick your leg out, trying to do, trying to take away some of the manipulation of the refs and yet Trey Young, I watched against the Pelicans, can drive down the lane, stop bumping to somebody, and finger roll it, and it's a foul. Of course he's gonna and one it because he's just barely Kyra Lewis, I'm talking, barely touched his arm. Trey flung his arms crazy, gathered himself, and then laid the ball in and one. Yet Zion gets hit on the turn. Gets hit on the first dribble, gets bumped when he gathers, gets bumped in the air, play on. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I use those two examples because they were playing each other. Oh, you know, in our game, I can remember vividly. LeBron's getting beat smithereens on like every drive this year. Like, I just don't understand what's happening. Joel Embiid's beat up. Giannis is getting tossed out for looking at people. I don't understand what's going on in the NBA. It needs to be fixed. It's a freaking disaster. And if it doesn't get fixed, it's going to start turning people away from the games. I haven't watched the NBA in a couple of days because of what's happening with the officiating. It's going to start turning off the average consumer because I'm seeing stuff that know the rules. I know what's going on. And I see rules on being manipulated. I see calls not being made. I see injustices not happening. I see how right, I see injustices happening. I'm gonna stop uh, patronizing the product. Just being honest. This can be a very NFL late, late. This can be a very this can be a very NFL heavy show as I just showed you through through Super Bowl. Honestly. And then a month in bed and I go to the draft. I mean it's just like and I don't want it to be. I love the NBA's product. I love the NBA game. I love the superstars. Huge Pelicans fan. Um, huge LeBron guy, but love Giannis. You know, I love other stars as well. Jokic, the rest of the crew. Um, Anthony Edwards. Uh, but you've got to do something about this NBA. It's ridiculous. Whether they have to have a come to Jesus moment and 
they have, you know, just a breakdown of here's what's wrong, let's fix it, get new refs. I say start training former players. Maybe it's guys who weren't the world's best. You know, Rich Jefferson's probably too good to be a ref. But that 12th guy on the bench that played four years and now he's overseas, making 50, 60K, put him in the referee academy. Have him officiating games. He's in shape. He's just played the game not too long ago. He understands basketball. Like, I don't know why we're getting these guys. The NFL has a lawyer just referring their games. It works for the most part, but like, why are we not getting former players? Why is there not a former linebacker running down the field officiating games from a linebacker's perspective? Like, is it certain to a certain thing is just to me staring people in the face they're not doing? Uh, the NFL has to, the NBA rather, has to fix their officiating problem, or they will um, start to lose the average viewership and consumership. But. Uh, that is all I have for you guys today. Uh, that is all I have for you guys today. Great show. Wonderful show. I said first show in the new place. I didn't have all my equipment. So if my audio sounds a little off, I apologize. Uh, but I thank you guys for sticking out with me. It's a little bit over an hour. Hope you guys have a great rest of your evening and your morning if you hear me on Friday morning. This is your host, Justin Jackson, signing out.